Hi, welcome to our study of Song of Songs. Today we're looking at chapter 2, the first half, and it's entitled Following God. Right off the bat, we're going to struggle here because in verse 1 we read, I am the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valleys. I'm reading out of New American Standard, so I don't know how your, your Bible is going to be reading. This sounds, coming from the New American Standard, sounds like a statement of pride. I am the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valleys. But you need to understand, she's not a rose. The word rose is not in there. It's a crocus. And a crocus is nothing more than a common flower. So when you read this from the New American Standard, you have to change a few things. What she's saying is, I am a crocus of Sharon, a lily of the valley. I'm not something big. I'm something normal, something average. Uh, Sharon is a scrub forest, the coastland along the Mediterranean. What she's expressing here is her humility. That's how you have to read it. Not pride, humility. I am a crocus of Sharon. Jesus says, or Peter says in, in Peter chapter 5, verse 6, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time. That's how she's approaching him. He recognizes that. And what does he say? Like a lily among the thorns, so is my love among the, among the maidens. This is how God sees those who seek, seek him. A lily among the thorns. We are very special to him. The rest of the world is rejecting him. He's building us up, lifting us up, and expressing his love towards us by making this statement. Like an apple tree among the trees of the forest, so is my beloved among the young men. Now she's coming back and she's identifying the value that he has. Simon Peter says to Jesus, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. All others are empty, man-made religions. She sees the great value in Christ and the word that he provides for us. In his shade I took great delight and sat down. And his fruit was sweet, pleasing. His fruit was pleasing to my taste. In his shade I took great delight and sat down. I believe that's fulfilling Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Well, that's what she's done. She's come to him. And she's got out of the sun because she's sitting in the shade right now, right? And, and getting away from what her brothers had to offer, what Judaism had to offer. And she's listening. Sweet is really pleasing. And the taste, well, it, the word should be, you know, his, it's his palate. It's your intellectual liking. You read the word of God, and it's very pleasing to the ear, the things which God teaches us. His fruit is the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. His fruit was pleasing to my palate. I like what I, I can read in the Old Testament. He has brought me to his banquet hall. Banquet hall is actually the house of wine. It's not the word banquet, but it's the word for wine right here. If you understand John chapter 2, verse 1, where Jesus changes water to wine, what he's saying there is, I'm going to take the Old Testament and make it into something incredible. It was six stone jars, six representing incomplete stone. Well, that's how the Old Testament was written, on stone. And he changes it to wine. He's brought me to the house of wine. So now I can understand through Christ how I'm supposed to interpret the Old Testament. 
I like what David says here in Psalm 36, 7 to 9. They drink their fill of the abundance of your house, Old Testament, and you give to them to drink of the river of your delights. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. In Christ we can see, because Jesus is the light of the world. She's so happy that he's brought me into his house of wine where she can understand Old Testament. His banner over me is love. His intentions are proclaimed for all to see. And it's that word love, seeking the best for another, expecting nothing in return. Christ came to die for us to get our sins forgiven. We needed that death, seeking the best for us, expecting nothing in return. 1 John 4, 8, God is love. Sustain me with raisin cakes. Refresh me with apples because I am lovesick. Sustain me. Obviously, the Messiah is not here yet. So you need to give me the strength till he does arrive. Raisin cakes, well, they're pressed raisins, which are dried grapes, which to me is like the word of God condensed. And where do I find in the Old Testament the word of God totally condensed? Well, if you go to the book of Psalms or you go to the book of Proverbs, those are so incredible. All you got to do is take one psalm and take a study of one psalm and you've got a wealth of information. You've got a wealth of encouragement. That sustains us until the Messiah shows up. Refresh me with apples. The apples are fruit of the Holy Spirit. When you read the Old Testament, you can see God's love, joy, peace, patience, right? That is so refreshing. You don't see it in the world of men, but you see it in the world of God. And she is what? Lovesick, which means love weak, because you're not here. You're absent. She has this yearning for the Messiah. Help sustain me until he finally gets here. That's that longing for the Messiah to be here. Let his left hand be under my head and his right hand embrace me. To me, this is nothing more than a statement of surrender. She's submitting to God. Just like Jesus crying out in a loud voice from the cross, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. Do we put our hands, do we surrender to the word of God, which is what we need to be doing? Finishing this one up, I adjure you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the gazelles or by the hinds of the field, that you do not arouse or awaken my love until she pleases. Now you can see I've dropped that piece down there. Why? Because that's what we need to focus on. My love until she pleases. Okay, the word my is not in there, and the word she is not in there. How you need to translate it is, do not arouse or awaken love until it pleases. Because it's not him speaking, it's her speaking. And the it is referring to love. Do not awaken love until it pleases. Don't rush into things. Do, do not try to force people into the kingdom. They must be convicted by the Holy Spirit, not by us. Jesus says, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict. He will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. That's not your job. Your job is to plant the seed. The Holy Spirit will do the convicting. Peter planted the seed in Acts chapter 2, giving us the first uh, gospel sermon. But look how it ended. When they heard, they were pierced to the heart, cut by God, and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, 
Brethren, what shall we do? Too many people take people to Acts chapter 238 without Acts chapter 237. We try to tell people what to do, but they haven't asked the question, what shall we do? We need to bring people to this question. Brethren, what shall we do? How do I make my life right with God? If not, if all we're doing is trying to get people baptized, then we're nothing more than car salesmen and trying to get people into a car that we think is right for them. Do not arouse or awaken love until it pleases. Mark chapter 4, 26 to 29, Jesus is teaching, and you've really got to understand what he's saying here. The kingdom of God is like a man who casts seed upon the soil. When he goes to bed at night and gets up by day and the seed sprouts and grows, how? He himself doesn't know. The soil produces crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, then the mature grain in the head. But when the crop permits, he immediately puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. We plant the seed in the hearts of people, in the, in the minds of men, which is what Jesus says in the parable of the sower is, is, the, is where the seed goes. But we don't know how it grows. In some people it grows quickly, in some people it dies. But when the, when the plant starts to take off, then when it is fully mature, when it's ready, it'll ask the question, brethren, what shall we do? When the crop permits, not when you make the decision that you think they're ready, when the crop permits, he immediately puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Be careful we don't rush people into the waters of baptism. Do not awaken love until it pleases. And this is the first part of chapter 2, and this is where we'll finish it. Thank you.